1: Welcome to the Having It All Podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? Matthew Bivens here, and for today's episode of the Having It All Podcast, we are dipping into the archives. We have gone through 70 episodes of the show so far. It's amazing. Today is episode 71, and if you are a more recent listener, then you might not have heard an interview conversation that I had with a gentleman by the name of Paul Coliani. It is pretty incredible. Paul is a very, very transparent guy, and he talks about transparency and authenticity, which are things that I bring up on the show quite frequently. So this is a rebroadcast of my conversation with Paul, I hope you guys enjoy. My guest today is Paul Coliani. Now, Paul is a personal empowerment coach and the host of the Overwhelmed Brain podcast. Every week, he teaches practical down-to-earth steps to help you create the life you want. And I wanna emphasize, Paul is all about the real down-to-earth stuff. It's awesome. Now, he's been doing his show since November of 2013 and has written the books, Clear Path to Happiness, and how to deal with irrational people. When he's not on the air, Paul is coaching people on how to become empowered so that they can make decisions that are right for them. I am pumped for today's conversation. I think it's going to be raw. I think it's going to be real. And let's do this thing. So Paul, welcome to the show.
0: Matthew, it's an honor to be here. And um, I'm just Glad you brought me in because I love the premise of your show. So thank you.
1: Very cool. Thank you for that. Um, Like I said, I'm excited for this conversation. Let's kick it off with this question. Paul, how are you being today?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I love being. (laughs) Being (laughs) to me is like being in the present moment. So how am I being? I am totally present here with you now, not thinking about any of my stress that's going to happen in the future, (laughs) any of the... Fears that I brought in from the past. I'm right here, right now. So, excellent question, my friend.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. I mean, that's all we've got, isn't it? Just the right here, the right now. Yeah. Hmm, Awesome. So, I know a little bit about you. Um, I've listened to your show. I'm a fan. Um, I've gone on your website and read your story, which you know you are transparent with your story on your website, and that is freaking cool. But um, for those for those people who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit? About your story and how you became a personal empowerment coach.
0: You bet. Um, thanks for reading my story and thanks for listening. That's an honor. I, I appreciate that. And ah, you're welcome. Of course. You know, one of the yeah, one of the reasons uh, I'm most m- all transparent. I was going to say mostly transparent, but I really am. I should say almost all transparent is because I realized long ago. That, um, as soon as you start revealing more and more about yourself, you have less and less to hide. and And hiding this stuff, it like creates this negative feeling in your body, and you just store it in there and you feel you feel bad about it. So, uh, my story in a nutshell, is that I, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. I had an alcoholic stepfather, uh, quite abusive, not physically abusive to me but other members of my family, and I was always in fear. And I I lived there for a good 19, 20 years uh, with them until I finally moved out. And, you know, when you're in an abuse of alcohol, well, he was an alcoholic. When you're in an abusive household like that, uh, you develop fears and survival mechanisms as a kid. But then if you don't get over those things, if you don't heal from those things, you bring them into the adult world. And that's exactly what I did. Mm. So every, every intimate relationship i had i had these uh unusual nuances about me well, they were quite apparent nuances but uh things that i did in the relationship to systematically destroy every intimate relationship i was in so you know i would take my high judgment issues into my relationships and uh i would also take my uh, perfectionism into my relationships so my intimate relationships over the years have been hard and then on the flip side, uh, I've had quite a few careers, mostly in IT and technology, which is a, a total uh, change of course for where I'm at today. But uh, I've I've seen some success in those fields just because I was so uh, technically minded and I grew up in technology. But um, that kind of transformed into personal empowerment coaching, which. I just came up with that term uh, about a year ago because I was basically doing coaching at work. I was the guy that um, stayed after work listening to uh, other people's challenges and then saying, "Well, well let's talk about that." And we talk about it, and then they would leave, sort of, with a new a uh, perspective on things. So I thought, you know, what? I'm I'm pretty good at this stuff. <laughs> so I looked I looked into uh, getting more knowledge, more training. And I got certified in hypnosis and NLP. And I just studied for like 10 years, uh, everything I could until I finally decided, you know, I gotta, I gotta start doing this for real because I'm helping, you know, people at work, but it's only one at a time. So I decided to really start looking at it as a a career path for me and that's kind of where I ended up today, and there's, there's a whole lot of mix in between that and dysfunction in my life in between that but that I'll be happy to get into. But that's basically where I went from to where I am. And of course, lots of healing and growth through the process, especially when I started looking into the idea that I was going to start helping others personally. If I'm going to help others, I better start healing from a lot of this stuff for myself. So that's mm. where I am today.
1: Well, that's powerful right there. In order to help other people, you had to first help yourself. I think um, a lot of folks yeah. out there who are helping others, whether it's for their profession or just because it's something they do, um, don't always help themselves first. And so I like how you, yeah. you know, it, it's you no true. Idea. Yeah. It's just, we, we, <laughs> it's easier to help other people because you can just dish out advice and, and um, sort of reflect back to people how they're being. But if you're not being it yourself, I mean, that's where the challenge is. And that's really where the, I think the the magic is as well. Yeah,
0: I think, I think you hit it on the head because, um, what, what typically people will do is see your problems from a different perspective, which is very helpful and they can see it objectively, which is very helpful, but sometimes they'll give advice, which seems to be okay, but they're not taking their own advice. It, it's sort of, like the mechanic that has 20 broken down cars in his yard.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: like, do I, do I trust this mechanic? He's got 20 broken down cars. But uh, it's probably an unfair uh, comparison. But the idea that um, when you grow and you heal and you process a lot of this stuff that uh, you experienced as a kid um, or growing up or any tra- trauma that you went through, when you actually do the work and, and heal from it, and then when you think of those moments in your past and they don't affect you anymore, you know you've you know done a lot of work. You know what I like to call evolved. You know you've evolved, at least mentally, from those things. And then you uh, develop wisdom. Your experience in the, in those areas of life caused you to grow and heal. And then you develop wisdom, which you can then share with others. So I'm right on board with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that... On uh, certain levels, maybe it's an energetic level, when you aren't walking the walk, yet you're talking, you know, you're talking about it, people can, Mm. people will feel that, like people will notice, you know, there will be, you know, at some point what you're saying won't resonate as powerfully because it, 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 you aren't being it. And so um, I like that with your story, you know, you went through the, you went through the shit. I mean, you went through (laughs) it. And instead of, just talking about it and giving, you know, other people advice, you really then turned the focus on yourself to heal, to heal and to, uh, to, to powerfully come out of the other end. And then from that, now you're able to, I believe, coach people from a much more powerful place.
0: Well, it's funny when I started this show there, um, as a podcaster yourself, you probably know that podcasting in itself can, can bring some things out of you because you're talking about your life. You're talking about things that have happened to you in your past and, and you're experiencing, you're re-experiencing it from just talking about things. Oh, and yeah. There were, there were a couple times when I started my podcast that, and I don't know if I've admitted this on the air or not, but there are some times or a couple of times where I started talking about something and I actually started crying. Oh wow. <laughs> and I was like, I had to stop the recording. And I was like, Whoa, I haven't healed from this yet, and I had to, <laughs> had to process some stuff so I, I I found out that being more and more authentic, especially on the air where you know all eyes are on you, all ears are on you, uh, helped me to heal through this stuff and i was, when I was talking about it. so yeah, there was like one or two times where I was like tearing up going what I, I, and i I couldn't talk anymore, and it just I felt kind of silly and then i stopped the recording and I was like okay I gotta deal with this this is a problem well it wasn't a problem but it was something unresolved and and so I learned that the more authentic I can be and the more I express myself either on the air or with other people the more the stuff has a chance to uh, reveal itself to be
1: processed and released and that's just something I've been doing for years now mm. you know that makes me think about something that I read on your website um... And let's see. I pulled the quote. I have it here. It says, uh, "It seems that at the peak of any type of personal growth and development is a challenge that tests just how much we've actually evolved." <laughs> and and that's that remind you know what you just said reminds me of that because as you're going through this process of healing and growth and evolution, the universe is gonna throw stuff in your path, and it's gonna <laughs> say, "Prove it." You think you've evolved and you've healed? Prove it. And yes. you know it's it's in those moments when we are actually able to say yes i i i i've evolved and i've healed or you say damn i got more healing to do
0: yes that's a, I, I forgot i wrote that but yeah that <laughs> sounds like something i'd say <laughs> yeah it but, came right from your site <laughs> well um, i really appreciate that even though i said it i appreciate what i said because <laughs> what it is is that you think that you got you get to a pinnacle of everything you've learned. Like, oh, I got it now. I finally figured it out. And like you said, the universe throws something at you and you go, oh, what devastation. Oh, this is awful. Mm-hmm. And then, then you're put in the pits of despair and you're trying to figure out, oh, this is what happened to me when, um, when my divorce came. I was married for four years uh, to a woman that I was with for eight years. And the last year of our marriage was just, it was just the decline was on. And, um, she finally said, you know, I don't want to, You know, I'm not in love with you anymore. And I was like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? And, uh, I had to go through this process of her wanting a divorce, me having to go through the legal process of getting a divorce and then dealing with the pain afterward. And that's when that question came up. Like, am I a person that can handle this? Am I a person that has, has developed the tools in myself and you can never prepare because otherwise, if you were prepared, you would never have a breakthrough. Yeah. A, yeah. Wow. Break, breakdown leads to a breakthrough. And I had that breakdown and I realized, oh, okay. At least I had the, the wherewithal to say, this is happening for a reason. And I'm going to be wiser and smarter and even happier because of this. And, and that really helped me get through those times.
1: That's powerful. Now, I want to take a step back because we, you know, we jumped right in this conversation talking about (laughs) healing and evolution and all that. But it just popped in my mind as you were talking. And it's why are you even interested in self-evolution, self-healing, self-growth in the first place for you? (laughs)
0: I figure if I'm going to be here, I got to make it interesting. (laughs) If I'm going to be on earth at this time, then I want to find out how far I can take myself. I want to find out how far I can expand myself. And, and this is probably overall, anytime I feel bad, I want to figure out why that is and release it. Because if I'm going to be here, I want to feel good. I want to be happy or at least Satisfied and at peace most of the time. So that's a great question. I've never been asked it before, but thinking about it now, it's like, yeah, why bother if I can't find out how far I can take, you know, this journey? So I think that's my why there.
1: Oh, that's powerful. That's self awareness right there. Like whenever you <laughs> feel, yeah, like what you, I like what you said. Whenever you feel an emotion or something that just doesn't vibe with you and, and, and rubs you the wrong way. You want to figure out what it, what that is and where it came came from so you can release yeah. it. Yeah. What's that doing there? What What's mm. going on there? Yeah, I think it's, it goes back to, you know, you talked about fear um, because doing that takes courage because you're going to, you're essentially like going into your closet and digging up all the, the crap that's in there to take a look at it. And um, mm. yeah, because and that's a scary process. It can be a scary process.
0: I think it is. And, and I consider myself very lucky compared to some people that have gone through their stuff. I mean, there are stories that I know you've heard and a lot of people have heard of sexual abuse and uh, harsh physical abuse. And I just heard yesterday that um, someone came on Facebook, one of my girlfriend's friends, and admitted that she was not only sexually abused by her uncle, but also sold into sex trade. Wow. And I was like, God, I look at my life and I was like, All I was worried about, I mean, I was a child and when you're a child, you think everything is going to kill you or you don't know what's going to happen. So you fear it as if you were going to die. And so we all have these childhood fears that we ran into, but I look at my stuff and yeah, it created a lot of dysfunction in my life and yeah, it was awful. But comparing my life to what they went through really puts things in in perspective Mm -hmm. and, and really helps me continue doing what I'm doing in in a positive, I feel like I'm making a
1: positive impact uh, in a lot of people's lives and, you know, including my own. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think sharing stories, your own stories, and then just sharing what you read on Facebook, you know, it shows, it shows people who are listening that you can be bold and transparent and you can heal from whatever it is, you know, but it's, it's a process. Nothing happens overnight, and you've got to face some of those some of those things that you've been pushing deep, deep, deep down inside of you. I mean, I can only imagine what it took for for your Facebook friend to be so vulnerable.
0: No kidding, no kidding. And that is exactly this is leads into one of the things that uh, I encourage people to do is that whatever shame or guilt or embarrassment or anything that you feel. Bad about that you you are afraid to share with the world. At least share with one person that you feel safe with, or be bold and share it with the world. Because I think what happens is a lot of the a lot of the um, negativity in our body that we feel like we feel sad, we feel angry, we feel just feel bad in general is held there because we're afraid to say anything about it, because we're afraid to express it fully. And uh, this is what I found out about myself. And this is what that woman did. She came online and she just admitted for the first time ever to anyone on Facebook that she yeah. was sexually abused. And she had this big story with it. And, and, and wow, that's amazing because I know that's the first step into
1: real healing. Mm-hmm. And I, was
0: just, I was just so proud of her. So I agree with
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was having a conversation with um another one of my guests a couple of days ago and it was on something similar this 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 topic of sharing those things with the world and putting it out there and, and what she was saying was that you know the first step is to just speak it. You know, like yeah. if if putting it on Facebook seems like something that will you know will kill you. Like you're so scared of doing that you might die. Then before you go there, just speak it, you know because it's a yeah. thought in your mind but now turn it into words and speak it and then from there write it down yeah you know just get a piece of paper and write it down you don't have to show anybody but put that stuff down put those fears down put those beliefs down and then yeah when you have when you can muster up that courage to to share it with you know with somebody share it with the world then you've really taken a powerful step towards your healing and and a powerful step towards Stepping into your greatness because you're working on releasing those things that are weighing you down. Yeah, well put. I agree. Mm, Man. So um, I want to jump back into your your story because you mentioned a couple of things, especially with relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of the fears that that you had and fear, I think, shows up, can show up in many interesting ways. Um, You talked about judgment. You talked about perfectionism. You talked Mm -hmm. about a lack of transparency. So share with me, how, how has fear shown up in those relationships? And you know, kind of give me, a, give me a, a peek into what that's looked like for you.
0: Well, I think fear was the primary motivator in every one of my relationships. I mean, of course, I wanted to be in a relationship. I wanted to experience intimacy and sex and all the good stuff. But um, I was driven by fear in the sense that uh, I was a high judger. When I was, when I was a kid, Um, I developed um, a standard of perfectionism, (laughs) unparalleled, I guess, to a lot of people. Because um, growing up in an alcoholic household, you basically fine-tune your own behavior to fit and cater to the alcoholic so you don't invoke their behavior. And that's what I did. I was like, when I act this way... He doesn't get mad. But when I act this way, he does. So I won't act that way anymore. And you keep doing that over and over and over again. And then you have a standard of perfectionism. And you also judge others, or at least I did. When I finally moved out of the house and I finally had a real relationship, I became someone who judged my intimate partners, my girlfriend. And basically when when they would do something I didn't like, I would say, you know, you really shouldn't do that. You really shouldn't put that in your mouth. You really should get some more exercise. Mm. I just became an (laughs) a-hole in some (laughs) of these relationships. I was, you know, I was a mix though. I was a mix of a super nice guy because when, you know, when I was a kid, I always had to be nice. I was the people pleaser. And then, uh, so I was a people pleaser in the relationship and I was also judging them. So it was an odd mix. But um, where the fear comes in is... For example, my first girlfriend—I remember the first time she said, "You know, I had uh, alcohol at this party." I was like, I don't know, seventeen or nine—I think I was like eighteen or nineteen—and uh, she goes, or my first real girlfriend, I should say, uh, "I had alcohol at a party," and, and I was like, "You had alcohol," and I suddenly felt this fear come up in me, like, "Oh no, she's going to turn into an alcoholic," <laughs> and uh, oh man, I, and I said, "I don't want you to have alcohol. Don't have alcohol." She's like, what? What's wrong with you? I was like, that, that doesn't feel right. Don't have alcohol. And so that was like the beginning of my fear and I didn't want her to do something because I real and this is in hindsight, I realized that if my girlfriend drank alcohol, that meant she doesn't love me. And I just had this uh, dysfunctional equation in my mind. If she drinks, she doesn't love me because when my stepfather drank, he no longer loved me. At least mm. that's what it, that's what it was like when I was a kid. So I attrib, I um, I attributed that or not attribute is not the right word, but I uh, took my judgmental behavior about uh, my intimate partner's drinking and I applied it to other things like when they ate junk food, uh, when they didn't exercise enough, and I had all these things that I didn't want in my life. I don't want uh, some. Uh, fat woman. This is my younger self. I don't want some fat woman in my life. I don't want some drunk woman in my life. I don't want some drug addicted woman in my life. I had all these things that I didn't want. And yet when it happened, when, for example, before I got married, when my future wife would eat junk food, I would feel hurt like she was doing something against me. But what was really happening? is that I had these fears in me that she was going to gain weight and become, and she was addicted to sugar and all these fears came up. And uh, instead of honoring myself saying, you know, I don't want that in my life. So you keep doing what you're doing and I'm just going to leave this relationship. Instead of doing that, which is now what I would do because I honor myself instead of giving someone else a hard time, I turned it around on her and said, yeah, you shouldn't do that. It hurts me. And You know, I'm having feelings about this. Let's talk about this. And she's already having to deal with her own issues with sugar addiction or what have you. So, you know, in a nutshell, all these fears came into my relationships and certainly dictated my behavior and caused me to not only um, not like their behavior, but also stay in the relationship and give them a hard time about their behavior. (laughs) Wow, yeah. So, I, like I said, I systematically destroyed each relationship until, up until the one I'm in now, which it's funny because it took me 43 years to get to this point where I go, oh, I'm the problem in all these relationships, mm. not them. Got it.
1: Finally healing from that. Wow. Uh, that I can relate to. <laughs> I can relate to so so powerfully because'm oh, not and, alone <laughs> yeah and and I imagine people listening can as well, because I mean it's so easy to to point the finger at other people, you know, yes. like it's so easy to to be fearful about something and then to turn it around and say, "You are not enough because x y z and sure. man i I did that I did that through through my relationships to the point where um for me, it was. It was uh, a fear of being alone. Oh yeah, you know, it was this this huge gripping fear of when I was single, of that I was going to be single forever. That oh wow yeah, I was like nobody's gonna want to partner up with me. And I would watch my friends and I'd watch people in you know in college and they would be hooking up and doing all that and I wasn't doing any of that stuff. And then so when I finally did uh, get a girlfriend, um, I, the big fear was she's going to leave me. And, wow. and two things, I think from what you said, stand out to me. The, the first is that when you fear something, it ends up jumping in your face, you <laughs> yes. know, like with you, you talked about the, the fear of them uh, drinking or eating or, or exor- lack of exercise or whatever, and in whatever small or large ways, like you manifested these things to appear. So then you had to deal with it. And, uh, and yeah. It's just totally. So I completely um, actually forgot my second point. So <laughs> yeah, <it's>, uh, <laughs> that happens You're sometimes. stuck in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But um, now for you, what was there a, a moment when you started to look at yourself as the reason for the, your relationships going downhill? Or was it a process? How did that happen to where you started saying, man, it isn't the other person. It's it's me and how I'm experiencing life. What was that yeah. like?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's um, That happened just a few years ago when I finally, you know, I, I knew that I had issues, but I never thought that I was the primary reason for the breakdown. And, you know, it takes two. And there's there's always someone who continues to stay in a situation that they, that is damaging them in some way. I stayed in situations that were damaging me in some ways. And that's a harsh word, but I think you understand. Uh, and in my mid thirties, I had a breakdown, which was basically the girl I was with, who I was going to marry, uh, said, you know, I can't be around you because you're always depressed. And when she threatened to leave, I was like, oh my God, what's it's happening again? This this relationship is breaking down again. I thought this was the relationship that was going to last. And here it is again, breaking down again. And when she said that, I I just, I don't know, I, I flipped, not, not like flipped out, but I just started bawling. I started crying and expressing some of the deepest pain that I've been carrying around a long time, coincidentally, about my stepfather. Mm. And it was nothing to do with her. It was to do with the pain I had as a kid, which is where I believe almost all pain comes from, and we just carry it with us and then <laughs> break down in the moment. Uh, but it's connected to this old pain, so all this stuff came out. Like, oh my god, I hate my stepfather, and I started crying, and I, I even like fell on the floor on my knees. I was like, what the heck? And when that happened, it was the first glimmer of hope getting out of depression. So. I, I felt this shift right there. I didn't really take responsibility and say, everything that's been happening is my fault. I just finally realized that I wasn't happy and I hadn't been happy for 35 years. I go, whoa. So I, I, that was the glimmer of hope that caused me to start looking inward and start healing myself in small ways by expressing more and more and more. But it wasn't until... I was like, or during my divorce. It wasn't until my divorce, when the relationship I was in that was supposed to last forever quote forever, um, that was the that was the point where I realized, oh my God, I am the common denominator for every single relationship because Mm. uh, for the breakdown because I I am the one who keeps getting left. I'm the one who keeps getting left behind. It's not them. It's got to be me. So I I finally turned it around and took responsibility for every, for the role I took in every single relationship that broke down. And when I did that, I I finally took my focus off other people, which helped me eliminate my judgment issues about other people and start turning it back on myself and go, okay, if I am the cause, what am I doing to cause it? And that's when the introspection really kicked in. And I started having all these epiphanies going, Oh, so if I judge them, <laughs> that makes them feel unsafe. And when they feel unsafe, they don't want to be with me because they are afraid to be themselves around me. Oh, I get it now. I get it. Wow. And, and that really, that totally changed my life. Totally. And since then, I've been a lot healthier mentally. Uh, Going forward, and being in the relationship I am now, I've completely switched uh, gears and said, "Oh, God, I gotta stop judging other people." That that makes perfect sense. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at today, and that's how I got there.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, you took responsibility, and uh, it's that's hard to do. You know, it's not easy to 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 be responsible and then hold yourself accountable to the new awakening that you have, because I think that, um, in my, at least in my life, in my experience, once I learn something, I can't unlearn it, you know? Yeah. And like, once I've been exposed to something or become aware of, of how I am, I, I can't, there's just so, there's something within me, my spirit, whatever it is, won't allow me to go back. And so, uh, for you, That's good, you right? yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing, but it's also a Freaking hard things at times, <laughs> you know, cause like there's times when my ego just flares up. Right. And, and my ego can be powerful as I'm sure yours and people <laughs> listening. And I just want to follow my ego because that's the easy way. It's the safe way. It's the comfortable way. But because I have this awareness and I, and I have this, this understanding of myself that when I, when I step into my fears, you know, truly magical things happen. I can't just, just, you know, acquiesce to my ego so, sure. so with you, you know, you you claimed personal responsibility. Now, what do you do, or who do you have in your life right now that helps hold you accountable to, you know, to this person that you are being currently? Because so I think that's a big part of it, accountability. Yeah, that's
0: funny you should say that because um, after about um, my 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 wife and I separated, and then about a year later we got divorced. And then several months after that, I started seeing someone long distance, basically online. And we started off as friends. And I I told her from the get-go that I am not, I I actually wanted to date someone else. And I realized, wait, (laughs) I'm not ready to date. I still need healing. I still have healing to do. And so I just said, I met this girl online and this was like the day before I was going to get off online dating. And uh, I said, you know, I'm not looking to date I'm living with family, just got divorced. I I'm just not ready to date. If you got, if you want to talk as friends, great. And she did. She's like, Oh, that's funny. It's so funny how honest you are, because a lot of these guys aren't honest on these dating sites. And I was like, mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's where I'm at right now. And you just have to deal with it. And she's like, No, I love it. I was like, Great. So we that really opened the door for complete honesty on both sides. So I could talk about anything, anything that pissed me off, anything that made me angry, anything I didn't like about women, you know, yeah. anything that I really wanted to express. And uh, what that did also was open the door for her and feel safe sharing her stuff with me too. So before any relationship ever started, we n- knew more about each other than I've ever known about anyone else uh, from an honest perspective because we weren't putting on any type of mask to impress each other. Mm. We we were, in fact, at first I was actually trying to repel her. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to make sure she knew that I am not available. I don't want to date. I wanted to be single. I wanted to be alone. And um, because everything was just so open and honest and it just became safer and safer to talk with each other, it it just grew into something more. And I was like, what? I I don't know if I want to do this, but everything felt right. So as far as accountability, she's the type of person that honestly expresses, I mean, almost to a fault, honestly expresses what's on her mind. Mm. And it was hard to deal with at first because she was like not tactful (laughs) (laughs) at all. (laughs) But I realized that's what I want in my life. I want someone who doesn't sugarcoat things. Yeah, I don't want to hear... I know this is going to piss you off. And I didn't want to tell you for three weeks. I'm like, no, 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 Don't keep me secrets like that for me. Tell me straight up so we can deal with it now. And, you know, that's happened a couple times where she was dealing and processing her own stuff. But for the most part, she tells it like it is right away. And then we deal with it. And it's rare that we'll argue. But when we do, it's you know, legitimate arguments, and they're they're really hot topics that we need to talk about, and we always come to a resolution. But absolutely, I I want accountability. I want her to say, you know, when you said that, it pissed me off. I'm like, whoa, let's talk about that. What do they say? Yeah, and and then I'll ask, you know, why did it piss you off? And then she'll say whatever. And I'll be like, oh, okay, and then. I'll go. Wait a minute. I know I'm right about that, and then we'll t- <laughs> then we'll talk more. But we'll get it out. So I I truly believe that even though sometimes conversations and communication can be hard because it's so blunt and honest, it's it's so bonding at the same time because you always know where the other person stands. There's there's no there's no hiding anything. There's no hiding emotions. What's she really
1: thinking? Yeah. I just
0: asked what are you really thinking and she tells me so it's 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 definitely something I want and need in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah and I think that once you've established those standards of transparency, authenticity, vulnerability and and honesty with with people, then yeah, just like you said, you know where they stand and you can have those real, raw conversations um, and be able to respect the other person throughout it and you know, I believe that they do end up coming to those resolutions um, a little bit more more powerfully than well, than when you're just like holding things in.
0: Yeah, and what I love about it is that the more vulnerable, open, and honest you are uh, during any type of anything that comes up and you're open and honest about it, if they stick around after that, then you really have someone special. You really have someone that you've built a trust and a bond with to allow you to be able to tell them things that might hurt them that might cause them to go wow I don't think I can handle this in a relationship and they might leave yeah and when you can get to that place of actually expressing yourself to the point where it's so honest that they might not like you anymore or want to be near you anymore that's that's just pure authenticity and it's respectful to them you're you're showing them like I show my girlfriend the truth that's going on inside of me so that she can either stay and process it and deal with it and understand that's where I'm at or go, oh, I can't handle that in my life. Mm. I I won't be able to handle that in my life. And I need to know that because if she can't handle something that I want to think or be or, you know, whatever, then it's not going to be a very (laughs) symbiotic, loving relationship anyway because deep down I'll have these thoughts and feelings and desires that she doesn't resonate with so maybe this relationship won't work out that she's not resonating with those so that's why i love the idea of just being honest and open and authentic to find out where they stand on your values your morals your ethics your your secret desires your passions everything this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that, you know, when you are with anybody, doesn't, you know, it's a romantic partner, kids, coworkers, whatever, you can only bring your full self to the table and they will experience all of you. So (laughs) if there's a part of you you're trying to push down and you're in denial of or you're afraid of, I believe it inevitably shows up in ways it may not be at the very beginning, it might take a while, but inevitably those things are going to come out. And so I I think it's a beautiful thing when you can be honest with yourself to look at those things straight in the eye and, and, you know, call them what they are because Mm -hmm. then you can truly bring a more healed, powerful version of yourself into the relationship with your, with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend, with your kids, with your coworkers, with your, your church, whatever it is like you're truly bringing, you know, yourself to the table, a powerful version of yourself.
0: Plus, plus you eliminate the dysfunction that happens when you do hide parts of yourself because Mm it comes out, what you don't express to the other person, like you said, comes out eventually. But sometimes it doesn't come out in the ways that are productive. Sometimes it comes out in the ways that are damaging or destructive to the relationship, uh, to the communication, to everything, because because you don't want it to come out. Yeah. So, what, so what you do is you try to keep that information about you repressed, but you lash out when they leave the toothpaste cap off or something Mm -hmm. and go what the hell i told you before like that's not really about the toothpaste cap that's about something else that you're not expressing fully we need to talk about it
1: and haven't we all experienced that we're like (laughs) one little thing sends an avalanche of shit just flying at the other person (laughs) and they're and they're like what where did this come from and you know man yeah that's that's real
0: (laughs) yes we've all experienced that uh, I haven't seen it in a while in my current relationship, which is good, That's awesome. but there are, you know, there's minor things that come up and sometimes it's a buildup of like, yes, but you've done it 300 times and I've told you every time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. Wow. Well, I want to talk about your coaching a little bit because, um, you know, you made that transition from, from working on yourself, um, and really being a student of, you know, of, of the process to then taking other people through it. And I know that you have experienced other people's challenges and you know, seen just the muck that people are going through and putting themselves through. And so I'm curious, you know, what do you find the most common challenge among the people that you coach?
0: I think, um, I think one of the most common challenges among my clients is the fact that they are afraid to honor themselves and And make the decision, make the choice, take uh, action based on how they really feel inside. because what happens is that i'll deal i'll I was gonna say I'll deal with, but it's not really I work with people that are in like a relationship of some sort. and that could be intimate, that could be a friendship, that could also be a work relationship. That could be any type of relationship with someone or something where they're afraid to say something or do something for fear of the consequences. Oof. So,
1: yeah. I can relate to that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, so can I. And, you know, like, for example, I remember the first time I stood up to my boss. There were two bosses, they're both co owners of the company. And they were talking about this, like one of my coworkers saying, you know, this guy doesn't do this and he's not doing this and he's not making, making his quota and he never answers the phone. And they were saying all this disparaging stuff about him. And I finally, I I just had this anger uh, welling up inside of me going, wow, this guy isn't even here to defend himself. And they're putting him down and putting him down and putting him down. And uh, I finally realized that I had to say something, even though what I'm about to say could get me fired. At least in, in my mind. But it was more important to me to act out of integrity than to not, not act at all. And, and that's my first step into personal, uh, uh, personal empowerment, really, but personal boundaries, honoring my personal boundaries. And that was, uh, uh, that was saying, you know, <laughs> this is when I spoke up, you know, he's not even here to defend himself and you guys don't even know all the facts because you're never here either.
1: <laughs> and, I'm like,
0: <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here comes the hammer. And they both stopped talking. And the the big guy looks at me. He's like, he's the co-owner, but he's kind of the one who runs the show. And he says, "That's exactly what we need to hear. Finally, someone's saying something that you know says the truth. You're right." And I was like, what? In my head, I was like, I don't understand what's happening now. But it was the first time I realized. I mean, he he was saying that yes, you're right. He's not here. And we need to be here more often. And we need to know what's happening. So you're right. This is this is what we need to hear. And that really hit me. Because, you know, people, especially in like management or bosses, they never hear the truth from employees because the employees don't want to speak up because they're afraid they get fired or demoted or whatever. Yet I spoke up. And then they appreciate it, they respect it, and they also admired me for it. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is like the opposite thing that I expected to happen. And not only that, I got promoted a few weeks later, and it just things really spiraled in a good way upward that made me, that reinforced that it's always better to honor yourself. And that's what my clients have to deal with. They They're in these situations where they feel like I can't honor myself because. It might make the other person mad. I can't honor myself because I might get fired. I can't honor myself because my husband might leave me. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So mm-hmm. you're with people that don't honor you honoring yourself. And then they stop and they go, oh, I never thought about it that way. You're with people that don't support you enough for you to honor yourself. You know, you're with people, I think when you're, when you're in an intimate relationship, If someone loves you, then they support you honoring yourself. They support you in your decisions into doing what you want to be happy, to what you need to do to be happy. So if your husband or wife really loves you, they'll support you in your quest to find happiness, to find peace in your life. Even if that means that you might have to, they might have to leave or you might have to leave to find that peace. So, If you can come to a place inside yourself that you wouldn't fear the consequence and just know that the consequence needs to be what it is, no matter what, then you can honor yourself. And that's what I try to reinforce in my clients. And when you get to that place of really, truly honoring what's inside of you and walking that authentic path, then a better path is laid before you almost always. It might be hard at first. Because somebody actually might leave you and you might actually get fired. But where do you stand after all the chips fall? And that's that's been powerful for my clients and myself going through this. Where do I stand after all the chips fall? If I tell you this, you might hate me, but this is what I feel inside. This is what I feel is right for me and what I need to do or what I need to
1: say. And then
0: we'll see what happens.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that is powerful. That is because you know I think that a consequence is just a result, right, and then we get to put on it how we feel about it. So I think when we are able to to yeah. act and accept whatever the consequences are, you know, it's always a powerful thing. and you mentioned acting out of integrity, and I think that's I think that's important. I want to go back on that because uh, for me, when you know when you're acting out of integrity, um, you can do so when you really know and understand what you value when you understand what roles are important in your life when when you know what your boundaries are and the things in general that are important to you so is that something that you coach your clients on like figuring out what you value who's important what you're really playing for in life
0: i think values are one of the most important things that you should know about all the areas in your life so what is a value? A value is what's most important to me about X. So if I look at the values in my um, relationship, what's most important to me about my relationship? And I can come up with a list. I want to be supported, respected. I want to feel a level of freedom that I can do what I want, but still, you know, be with someone that likes to do what they want. So with all these values come up. I want to, of course, be, I want to be happy I want to have great sex. I want to have um, all this stuff. And I I have all these values. I I sell a worksheet on my website. It's called Stop Self-Sabotage because when you're not in alignment with your values, you will sabotage yourself. And the worksheet walks you through listing all your values. Or you can do it right now. You don't have to buy my worksheet. But you can list all your values in an area of life, for example, career, and then you order them in importance. So let's just say that your number one value in your career is uh, freedom to, to take weekends off. How about that? I want a weekends off. And then you get a job that makes you work Saturdays. Because you have such a high level value, and maybe your top value is having the weekends off, you will never be happy in that job. Yeah, Almost never, ever. Because it will be in uh, not alignment with your value. So if you have a value in your relationship where you need to feel safe with the person you're with, but they're constantly judging you, you will never be happy in that relationship. They could buy you a dozen cars. They could um, do everything else that's wonderful, but you don't feel safe. And if you don't cover that aspect, if you don't meet that value you're not going to have a good relationship and it will break down. So I absolutely, that's, that's one of the most important things in life is to be in alignment with what you value most in every area of your life. And when you are, things always work out. They, they just have no choice but to work out because you're in alignment. You feel it inside and you walk the
1: path of those values. Works every time. I'm going to link to the self-sabotage worksheet because I do think this is that's an incredibly incredibly um, important thing that we do is go through and figure out what what we value and then prioritize them. And yes. and for the people listening, I mean, an easy way to know if you're out of out of line with your values just like you said is if you're feeling unhappy. Like if you're if you're in a chronic state of unhappiness or unfulfillment with your job or your relationship and you don't know why, you can't figure out why, then look at your values. And maybe if you don't know why, it's because you don't understand, you don't know what you value. You haven't actually gone through the process of figuring out what it is you value, because I would bet money that somewhere in that job or that relationship, you are out of alignment with those values. And so I'm, I'm happy you brought that up, Paul.
0: Well, it's an excellent point too, uh, as far as I don't know why I'm unhappy. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what some of my girlfriends have said <laughs> over the years, I don't know why, but when I'm with you, I'm not happy. And it's like, well, and at the time I didn't know why either, but now I can look back and go, oh, because you didn't feel safe. And we even went through this exercise and you said you need to feel safe in your relationship, but I was the one that makes you feel unsafe. So how could you possibly stay in love with me? There's no way. So yeah, great point.
1: Yeah. yeah. So uh, I wanted, I want to take a Transition, and um, you're a guy who's all about transparency and authenticity and that courage. And we've talked a little bit about some of your previous challenges, and we talked about some of the challenges of your clients. Um, but I want to talk about a current challenge that you are facing. And you know, I'm not referring to something small, something that you know can just pop up and then goes away. I'm talking about what I call an epic challenge. You know, those, those are that's something that you've been facing for for a while now, and You've just been hitting your head, trying to get through it. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot, so to speak, Paul, to, yeah. <laughs> to, uh, yeah, to just share what is a current Epic challenge that you're working on?
0: That's a tough one because, um, I think life is a challenge in itself, but I'm not going to give you that. That's corny. <laughs> I appreciate <effort>. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so Thinking about this now, like okay, yeah, I want more money, um, I want uh, a bigger house. I want to live on the lake. You know, these aren't really challenges. They're things I'm working. I guess those are goals. So if I think about this right now, um, one of the things that I'm really good at is analyzing things. Okay. And I think I've lost a lot of my intuition, or I don't even know if I've ever had intuition. Hmm. So it's kind of an odd answer, but I think one of the biggest challenges for me is getting in touch with my intuition. I'm in touch with my emotions. I'm in touch with my feminine side. I'm in touch with my masculine side. I'm not afraid to admit any of that stuff. But when it comes to intuition, and I've been talking to my girlfriend about this who is very much in touch with her intuition and friends of ours that are in touch with their intuition and they trust their intuition and they just follow the path that their intuition tells them. And all I have is like uh. Well, that doesn't make sense. It's something logical. That's not logical. That's not rational. That's not intuition. It's not where I'm really connected. And I asked my girlfriend. I was like, "How do I get in touch with my intuition? How do you do it?" And she goes, "You just know." And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> like that doesn't help me out. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was like, "Okay." Yes, so I've been really. This is, has been my biggest challenge uh, mm. because in my life, whenever I think I'm following my intuition. I'm always wrong, always. And you know you could look at that esoterically and say, Well, you're wrong, so the challenge would be presented to you so that you could learn from it.
1: <laughs> but it's
0: like I would like to be right sometimes. Yeah. So the hardest thing for me has been trying to improve, enhance, work on my intuition, which is really I mean, intuition could be defined many different ways. I like to look at it as just like an inner knowledge that you just know something's wrong. It's kind of like when you meet someone and you subconsciously detect some sort of body language, but you don't sense it consciously. Your intuition kicks in and goes, there's something bad about this person. Don't trust this person.
1: Mm.
0: And for the most part, when I observe people, I get that. I'm, I'm all on that because I realize that if I can't sense it consciously... My unconscious is gonna pick up the slack, no problem. Yeah. But when it comes to hmm, I have a decision to make. Do I go this way or do I go that way? This way might like say a job decision. This way, this way might pay a thousand dollars, and this way might pay five thousand dollars, but this way is risky. So I have these intuitive things that I could probably use my intuition for. And uh when, and this is what I've decided, this is what I've learned to do, is that when whatever I call my intuition kicks in and goes, you need to take path A. Then I go, got it. So you're telling me to take path A? I'll take path B. <laughs> <laughs> All that, right. That has helped me. Wow. That has that has helped me follow the right path, which means my intuition is wrong. <laughs> mm. So what's going on there? So, yes. That's I'll, interesting. I'll just end it there and say my intuition has been the biggest challenge for me. And I am working on it. And uh, I think... As long as I understand what message it's giving me and I know how to interpret it, then I just uh, take the path that it doesn't tell me to take <laughs> or something like that.
1: Well, it's interesting about that because earlier you talked about um, those those experiences that we have as a kid. You know, you feel like that you they shape you and they shape, you know, your your fears and your behaviors and you kind of carry those with, you know, throughout your life. I'm curious if with you and, and your intuition and your intuition constantly... Uh, pointing you in a direction that you know you don't want to go in, if that has something to do with like a a a mechanism or something that you learned or programming that you picked up from when you were young to sort sort of protect you, and so what you're experiencing now is wait a minute all these these times you know I've I've my intuition perhaps has been influenced by fear and it steered me in the wrong direction but mm. now if I don't listen to it I get <laughs> to go to a, a different direction and different outcome.
0: That's huge. I never thought of it that way. That is, that is major. And that is just something like I'm going, whoa, you're blowing my mind. So it might actually be that. It might actually be when I was a kid, uh, I go in one path, it's dangerous. I go another way, that makes the most sense to keep me out of danger. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe some survival mechanism as a kid, I developed purposefully. And now I call that my intuition, purposely to meaning meaning that I needed to survive. We've developed survival mechanisms to survive, even though it's a strong word. But I brought that into my adult world and I go, oh, so my intuition tells me to do this. Well, that might be something that was programmed in me as a kid. So maybe I need to reverse engineer this a little bit and figure out, okay, if it tells me to go that way, that's probably because... Uh, All these mechanisms, like you say, kicking in, going, okay, this is the safe path, and this is why, and this is why, and this is why. Yet, as a you know, when you're an adult, the safe path that was something that you followed as a kid isn't necessarily doesn't necessarily apply when you're an adult. So, I think you're onto something. I got to process this. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
1: Well, I mean, I I feel like we're very similar um, in. Like thinking through, like, you know, I I know you're big on critical thinking and I've been described as being very mental, especially when it came to facing fears and and really looking at my fears and those things that make me uncomfortable. I tend to, I mean, to put it really bluntly, I tend to mind fuck it. You know, Mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm very much in my head and I can talk myself down whatever path that my ego feels more, most comfortable going down. So trusting my intuition and recognizing that, you know, when I am presented with something that makes my body react in a certain way that there's opportunity there has been a a huge freaking challenge for me Mm. to view that as an opportunity for healing and growth. Like, for example, um, if somebody came up, this is a really small example, and they said, Matthew, I want you to come tomorrow and speak on, Mm -hmm. you know, speak to our audience about having it all. (laughs) <laughs> there might be a, a a visceral response in my body of like sweating under my arms and my heart <laughs> starts to race, and for a while I would look at that and say, "Oh, okay, that's my body telling me don't do that," so I won't do that. yeah. Yes. And then my ego comes in and says, "Yeah, don't do that. I mean, that's dumb. They can just r- listen to your podcast. Uh, you <laughs> don't speaking is is you don't you're not interested in speaking anyway." And then my ego just starts doing its its rationalization thing, but. Wow you know, over the course of becoming more self-aware, then I can say, you know what, when my body does respond that way, that is an opportunity for growth and healing. If I do choose to go down the path of, you know, towards the thing that's making me feel uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. I I think I can identify with you in that sense.
0: Well, it's kind of unwrapping, uh, or you want to unwrap why you're having the physical responses in the first place. I mean, it's the obvious, the obvious thing that comes to mind is, oh, public speaking. Oh, You know, I'm afraid of that or something. Um, Whereas somebody who's done it for a long time may not feel that way. And uh, but at the same time, your ego kicks in and then reinforces these negative feelings that you had about it, Mm -hmm. causing you to even go further away from agreeing to that. And I like I like your process. Maybe it's just breaking it down and going, okay, I'm having everything in my especially my ego is saying, don't do this, don't do this. And then you step in as your non-ego self and go, look, <laughs> let, me, let me think about this a different way. Let me take out your you out of the equation. If, if my ego wasn't in the equation, what would I say? Whoa, yeah. that changes
1: things a little bit. So Paul, I have one final question for you. And this is a question that I asked all of my guests. And um, I'm always very, very interested to hear the response. Um, so <laughs> in the context of this show, Having it all means having an abundant, loving life. And I'm curious, to you, what does having it all mean? An abundant, loving life.
0: I think uh, having gone through the worst of things that gave me the tools that I need to handle uh, in any, almost any situation in life, like any setback that I come up to in life, having those tools that I can be prepared for the most part for that setback to handle it gracefully is to me having it all because you're never going to be devoid of the challenges. The, the challenges are always going to come and they're always going to be more than you can handle. And. I shouldn't say it that way, but the biggest challenges, the biggest life lessons are always going to be more than you can handle so you can learn the lesson. Mm. So having gone through so much in developing and healing from that and developing tools to know that the next time, like the girl in my life wants to leave me or uh, I get another divorce or someone dies or a pet dies or, you know, someone betrays me, all these things are going to happen in life. Sometimes they, they don't, like maybe you'll never be portrayed, but you just have to, when you, when you get to that point where you have dealt and healed from those things, to me, having an abundant loving life is just having the tools because of my healing. And the more, the, anytime I feel negative in any way, having the tools to address that and process it, And heal from it. And I'm still working on things. There's no way that I'm perfect or I'll I'll ever get perfect or I'll ever be there. But just having those tools, knowing that, okay, I need to take a break and and stop and work through this makes me feel so grateful. Because there are people who go through their entire lives without even wanting to learn the tools to to heal. I'm just going to keep this anger until I'm dead. I don't care. i'm gonna I'm gonna be pissed at my brother until I'm dead, and I don't care what happens to him. And that just like eats away at you. It turns, you know, I don't know if it's real cancer, but it's a cancerous thing inside your body that just eats away at you when you hold on to this negativity. So to be able to get rid of all that, that to me, is abundance. That's a positive, wonderful feeling to not have all this negativity that I could have been storing continually through life. And then when it comes up, I deal with it, and heal through it. There's my answer.
1: Oh, it's a, it's a fantastic answer. And I think oh, that yes. people have a lot of tools that they can take from this conversation. Um, mm, I good. mean there, we, we covered a ton of stuff and, uh, man, that was awesome. So Paul, as we come to a close here, is there anything that you would like to inform our listeners about?
0: If you want to hear personal growth show for critical thinkers, where I think that affirmations are more annoying and positive thinking is like denial, then go find the Overwhelmed Brain. It's on iTunes, and you can go to the OverwhelmedBrain.com. I have a website where I write blog articles, and uh, anyone that's looking for practical personal growth, down to earth stuff, uh, that is not a replacement for this show that we're on now, but an (laughs) addendum, something to add to your arsenal of tools. And I think, and even more shows out there, any type of personal growth that you can get your hands on that you really resonate with, that would be my final answer to everyone out there. Just, there are so many tools. There's so many people trying to help others out there. So find it. Sometimes you have to do the research. It doesn't just come to you when you just sit there and meditate and hope things happen. You do have to go out there and seek it and, and find people that resonate with you, find those tools to help you, uh, what I say in every episode, learn, heal, grow, and evolve. There's my answer.
1: Mm, I love it. I love it. And for people who might be interested in your coaching, um, they can find that at theoverwhelmedbrain.com. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for asking. It's just uh, go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com and click on
0: Coach with Paul.
1: Very cool. And again, I will have links to Paul's podcast, website, coaching page, all that stuff in the show notes. Paul, I got to say, thanks so much, man, for, for hanging out with me. This was a powerful conversation. Transparent. It was raw. You went in. It was awesome. So thank you.
0: Thank you. It's been an honor. This was a great talk. So thank you so much.